Father, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the teacher. <laughs> oh, thank you that you come to lead us and guide us into the truth. You come to lead us and guide us into experiencing the truth of your word and that that experience would set us free, Lord. We thank you for greater freedom, greater liberty, Lord God, to walk in you, to walk in your word, Lord, that it become our reality, that your word become our reality, Lord, not something that we just know, not just something that we hear, but it becomes our reality. Hallelujah. That it becomes our lifestyle, Lord. That, that, that we become living epistles seen and read. That you are seen and known through our lives, Lord. As we bring the expression of your love, your grace, your peace, Lord. Hallelujah. Your mercy, your kindness, Lord. That this word would become flesh in our lives and would dwell amongst the people, Father. Transforming lives, transforming cities and nations, Father. We thank you. The power of your word. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. We worship you. We're so grateful that you have the answer to everyone's needs, everyone's desires, everyone's hopes, everyone's dreams, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, isn't it when we look into that and we think, I'm just meditating on what I just prayed, then it was like it's not something that we do, but it's something, it's who we are. Yeah. We do it so it becomes habitually who we are. Yeah? We act on the word of God. Yeah? yeah? And, and, and it becomes our lifestyle. Not something we do, but something that we are. Isn't that awesome? That's what God wants for us. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Well, uh, uh, we're going to look today, and I hope I haven't done this one before. It was new and fresh to me, so I'm hoping that we haven't done it before. But we're going to have a look at one of the 19 healings that are recorded in the Gospels. And this 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 one is the healing of the lepers. Have we done that before? I'm, anyway, never mind. Let's do it again. Glory to God, because there was a fresh breath on it for, for me today. And, and I just thought, wow. Uh, we'll get into that. But what I want to do is just encourage you to expect to receive revelation. Expect to receive revelation knowledge. Expect when you go into these scriptures that there's a fresh anointing on them that'll just bring, he'll breathe, breathe life on them. Yeah, because quite often we can go to these scriptures and think, I know about that. I've read that many, many times, that story. But I believe that even now, even in this season that we're in, spirit of wisdom and revelation is being poured out like never before. Amen. And as we become even better stewards of the word that we know, he'll reveal greater truths, gems like treasures as you, you dig in. Yeah, the deeper we go, we begin to hit the mother load. And I believe that we're set up to actually um, find some mother loads. Yeah? yeah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So what I want to read, I'm going to read uh, uh, Luke 17, 11 through to 19. And then we're going to go back and we're going to break it down. Um, hopefully we'll get to verse by verse today. Amen. Bless the Lord. So 17. Um, Luke 17, verse 11, uh, do, 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 verse 11. I'm, reading, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Bible. 
Okay. And as he was going into the village, into one village, good morning, Jude. As he was going into one village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called Jesus, Master, take pity and have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asks, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien? And he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith, your trust and confidence that spring forth from your belief in God has restored you to health. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amazing. Now I want to go back in a minute and I want to break, break, break that down. What I just see here, what I want to pull out is that when they came back, he came back and said, thanking him over and over. I'm going to this right now because I had a prompting of the spirit when I was reading that and I don't want to put it off. I want to give it attention now. Okay, so I'm glad I didn't give you notes because if I did, you'd be out of order already. Bless the Lord. But we see that thanking him over and over and over and over again. Okay. And when I look at that, I look at that as a testimony. I could see we could actually engage with that and begin to give him thanks for that miracle that took place here. That is actually placed here, recorded here for us to learn from. And for us to actually join in the thanksgiving. You know, if we could see that person, those lepers as one that we know that are in our city or part of our experience, yeah? We, we, we could start to give thanks over and over. When we get into that word, oh, Lord, thank you for what you did there. Thank you for what you did in the lives of those lepers. Amen? Hallelujah. Because when you begin to thank him for what you see in there, that thanksgiving causes that to... to, 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 to to become yours, causes miracles to become yours. These, these words need to come alive, that we need to see them as, as people, yeah, they're living in, a, in another generation. So I'm opening out now to Psalm 78 because this is a rabbit trail that I just got, okay? And, and um, I want to start from verse 1, okay? And uh, hopefully we'll land back to where I was going to go. But it says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. And this is what we're doing. We're giving ear to his teaching. To my teaching, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I, I will open my mouth in a parable, in instruction by numerous examples. We're looking at an example. And we're going to see instructions within this, this story that are going to give us examples on how to approach God. Amen? So... I will open my mouth in a parable, in instruction, by numerous examples. I will utter dark sayings of old, 
that hide important truth. Now let's look at that within this. Within this, uh, there's hidden in this, in this story, in this true story, is important truths that God wants us to know. Yeah, keys, not just a nice story, but keys on how we are to approach sickness and disease now in our own lives and in the lives of others. So, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children and we will tell them to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonderful works that he has performed. For he established a testimony, an express precept in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, commanding our fathers that we should make the great facts of God's dealings with Israel known to their children. That the generation to come might know them, that the children still to be born might arise and recount them to their children. Hallelujah. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but might keep his commandments. Isn't that just a desire for us, for our children and for our children's children? But it's his desire, it's what he carries in his heart for us. This is why these things are recorded. And that's why I went, well, I felt Holy Spirit just go warm, thanking him over and over and over again, not forgetting what he's done. Amen? It wasn't just one thanks very much, I'll see you next time I have a problem, but it was thanking him over and over and over again. He actually come to and he was laying himself, he laid himself prostrate, and I'm right ahead of myself. I was going to go do verse after verse, tend to do that. Anyway, but, but he laid him, he was prostrate. He just threw himself on the altar, basically. If we were to see that happen here today, amen? If we were to see that happen here today, throwing himself on the altar with thanksgiving. Amen? There's something we need to see in that. There's something that needs to come alive in the church. There's something that needs to come alive in us. And I believe it's thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I believe it's thanksgiving. Amen? Because we're so forget we can be so forgetful. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget any of his benefits. Amen? Amen? Don't forget, soul, remember what he's done. Amen? Remember what he did yesterday. Remember what he did in this word that's here for us. It's our inheritance. Amen? Yeah. This, this, these, these healings that we're looking into that are in the Gospels are our legacy. They're our inheritance. Amen? They're our promise. He isn't putting them there so that we can read about something that happened to somebody else all those years ago. He's looking and saying, this happened and this is available to you if you will learn from it. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. If you will actually take it to heart, not just learn it in your head, but if you'll actually take it to heart, what's going to happen is you're going to have a treasure in your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to bring forth thanksgiving and glory to God over and over and over again. And when you get into that lane, when you get into that flow, you will never cease having things to thank him for because you begin a move of God. This is how the movements, this is the move of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Woo, that'll do.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So let's get back on track. Bless the Lord. 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 So let's see this in, in Luke 17, 11. We'll go to the first verse and we'll see there. As he went on his way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, okay? It occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, Samaria was an area uh, where devout Jews would no longer go, right? They wouldn't go. It was considered a Gentile area because it was where um, the Jews had married Gentiles, Okay, so, so they, they'd married people that were Gentiles, not in covenant with God. And this was a no-no in the, in, in the Jewish belief. Okay, um, and because of that, devout Jews would, would not have um, close relationships with anybody that was in Samaria. Huh? So Jesus straight up is going into areas where the Jews was a no-no. You don't go in there. There's, 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 you know, contamination. <laughs> Amen. That's what he was seeing. But Jesus walked right through that region, which says that tradition did not dictate where Jesus was going to go. Yeah. What religious tradition um, set forth did not restrict his movement. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. He was there for all the peoples. He was there for everyone. Amen? He was going to go wherever his father led him. Amen? Whatever he saw his father do, he did. Glory to God. He was led by the father. And we in turn are led by the spirit of God. Amen? Hallelujah. How good is God? <laughs> yeah, he walked where others considered into places that were not fit for them to go, for Jews to go. Jesus went anywhere, anywhere where there was hurting people, he went. He actually came to seek and save the lost. Yeah? <laughs> Amen? All humanity, not just certain ones. Not just selected ones, but all humanity, yeah? All, everybody had an opportunity. Everybody, he gave opportunity to come close to him, yeah? And he walked in their midst, yeah? Bless the Lord. He didn't stay on the border. He walked right through the middle. Didn't stay on the edge. He walked right through the middle. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He went wherever people were lost. People are lost everywhere. Amen. Glory to God. Which says that God has a plan for everyone's life. He has a plan for each one of our lives. He walked in the midst of my life when I had no covenant with him. He walked in the midst of my Samaria. Anybody else? Yeah? yeah? <laughs> What's that? That place where you're lost, you know? where you're mixing your life, your life's totally mixed up, swept up in the world system, yeah? yeah? My Samaria, your Samaria, we all have them, but he walked right into the midst. He walked right into the midst of mine when I wasn't even looking for him. Actually, the boundaries were up. I didn't want anything to do with him. 
Amen. He didn't walk around the border. He walked straight into my life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. And he let me know what was available to me that I never knew was available. That's what he wants to do. He wants to let us know what is available to us. I never knew that peace that passed all understanding was available to me. He walked right into the midst of my Samaria and showed me peace that I never thought possible, a peace that passed all my understanding. He came in and said, right, here I am in the middle of this and here's my peace, hallelujah, dealt with the torment, dealt with the anxiety and showed me what was available to me because of him being in my life. Amen. And this is what he was doing there. This is what's available to you, whether you be Jew, Gentile, who, whatever you be. I am available. And he is as available to us. He is as available to every, everyone today as he was then. Amen. But you see, what we're going to do is believe that he is able and willing to go right in the middle of people's Samaria in our city, hallelujah, in and through us to Break down the walls, the borders, the barriers that people have put up their lives because of hurt and because of disappointment. Amen. Amen. And all the rest of the stuff that we experience. Glory to God. He wants to come right into the midst of it and show us hope for our future. Now, would you think that you would get all of this out of that first verse? It's become alive now. It's not just information about where he was and where he went. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It shows me that Jesus loves everybody no matter where they come from. Another point. Another point out of that one scripture. Thank you, Father. No matter where anyone comes from, he cares who they are. Yeah, he cares. People say, who do I pray for? Everyone. Anyone that's in your way. Amen. Glory to God. Anyone that's in your face. Anyone that's before you. I wonder if God wants me to pray for them. I wonder if God wants me to make a difference in their life. Think no more. He went into everywhere. He went everywhere. Right into the middle of people's messes. Glory to God. Glory to God. He was letting them know. He was available to them. He was letting this society know, this, these outcasts know that he was available to them. Thank you, Father. So much to learn from this verse. He was available to a region that was rejected by society. He was available to a, a region that was rejected by the Jewish community, the Jewish people. Hallelujah. No wonder he caused some trouble. Amen. No matter how hard or how bad our life has been or the lives of others, he is available. Bless the Lord. Let's look at verse 12. And as he was going into one village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Now, if somebody had leprosy, um, the priest um, would declare over them that they were to be an outcast and, and not be within community anymore. They were declared outcasts and they were cast out. Yeah? They were cast out of community. Can you imagine what that would be like if you were a mother, a father? Amen? 
a, a sister or a brother or a, a part of your family were actually cast out, removed from society altogether. And that's why they used to leper colonies, they used to stay in colonies because colonies, because nobody else was acceptable of them. They didn't accept them any longer. They were outcast and they were cast out. They were considered and declared unclean. And what happened a lot in that, I'm going ahead, but what happened a lot in that was, well, what did happen in that was that um, because they were they had leprosy that 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 they, the community believed that if you had leprosy you were actually experiencing judgment from God, so there must have been something really bad in your life. So I don't want to hang around people that you know they didn't want to hang around you because they, you were being judged by God and you must have done something really bad to actually have leprosy, because they saw this sickness as judgment from God. What do we know in that? That God does not judge us. We're sick. We're not, he's not judging it. Judgment was poured out on the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ for sin. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. So here you've got people that had to leave their parents. They were isolated in a place that was unoccupied by anyone who was healthy. They were to stay away and they stood afar off. Let's have a look at verse 12 again. And he was going into one village. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Why? Because they were outcasts and they were considered unclean. So they stood at a distance. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Father. We got ahead, so I've got to catch up where I am. They weren't allowed on the street, were they? No, they weren't. I believe that there was about um, there was uh, approximately ninety-one meters that they had to stay away from. So I think that's about well, that was three hundred feet, about ninety-one meters wow. that they had to stay away from people. Wow. So they would have been that far from him. Wow. That was the law. That there was that greater distance between them and other people yeah so the mindset this was their mindset it was it was devastating it was a devastating sickness I mean the Jewish law demanded as I said that they called out unclean and stayed at that distance that I mentioned when someone would come it was demanded of them to call out unclean unclean now they were saying that about themselves unclean unclean that was their confession over themselves unclean okay so imagine if they saw someone coming they would have to call out unclean and don't come within 91 meters of where i'm standing or where i am yeah and they rang a bell too didn't they unclean they rang a bell mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. declaring sickness keeps us in bondage Amen. So they were kept in bondage because they declared continually over themselves unclean. The lepers came to him, but they stood at a distance obeying the guidelines. That's why they stood at a distance. Because they were considered unclean. Yeah. So what else can we learn from this? You know, um, what is God speaking over you? 
and what are you speaking over yourself? Yeah? They were declaring, we're unclean. I'm unclean. What are you declaring over you? Amen? I'm healed. I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Yeah? And their, their declaration was keeping them. You, you know, you can be, we saw with Paul and Silas, they were actually in prison, but they sang praises to God. Yeah? But your declaration will keep you in bondage, even if you're a free person. We are actually free because Christ has set us free. We're actually free from sickness and disease. Amen? We're free from bondage. We are free people for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we have freedom on the inside. And as we lean into that, our external experience will become freer and freer and freer because we're internally processing that we are free people. Amen? I'm free from that. I'm free from that. I'm free from that. You know, when bad news, I'm free from that. Amen? I don't live in bondage to fear any longer. Because I have a spirit of I'm, I have a spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father, Amen. I, I, he's my Father, He's my God, He's my Deliverer, He's my Savior. My confession is very different, but here we have unclean. That was what they confessed over themselves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So, what else we can learn from this is to get to where God is speaking to you. Get to where God is speaking to you. Amen. The lepers came to him, stood at a distance, but they were as close as they could be, right, to get or to hear what he was going to speak over them. Amen. They were close enough to hear. Amen. Because he began to instruct them, as we'll see as we move on. Verse 13, and they raised up their voices and called Jesus Master. Amen. They, they raised up their voices because they were at a distance calling Jesus Master. Take pity and have mercy on us. Why wouldn't you call that out when nobody else had pity and mercy upon them? Everybody else was staying away from them. But they needed pity. They needed mercy because they were, <laughs> they were not being shown that by anybody. Amen. Hallelujah. They were actually calling on something that was available to them. Yeah, through Jesus, but not by anybody else. <laughs> they wouldn't have called on him had they not heard something about him. They must have heard that he was merciful. Maybe they heard some distant cries of people thanking him. I mean, we can assume that. But they must have heard something about him to call out to him, have pity and mercy upon us. They were longing for mercy. They were longing for, for pity. They were outcasts who were being judged by people as being sinners, yeah? yeah, because of what was going on in their lives. And, you know, we can do that. People can do that now. They can judge people that are sick and say there must be sin in their lives. Yeah? yeah? And judge them, put judgment on oh, They mustn't be doing this and they mustn't be doing that and they mustn't be doing something else. But here we see that God is merciful. He says, have mercy. Upon. Amen? People, people need mercy. They need grace. They need love, the love of God, which goes through every, which cuts through right through the middle of every boundary. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So they called out to him. They, they, they wouldn't have called on him had they not heard something about him, even though they were isolated from society. They had heard something about Jesus healing people. So it matters what we hear. What else do we learn from this verse? It matters what we're hearing. Yeah? So much it matters what we're hearing. Thank you, Father. You know, I, I don't know whether I mentioned it on Sunday. I, I think I, could, I might have. But I really believe that God is wanting the church to become acute with our hearing. Yeah? His voice. And if we keep on resisting his voice, not listening to his voice, not responding to his voice, we begin to put calluses up in our heart. Amen? And it becomes, we become hard of hearing. But I believe he wants us to become acute with our hearing, his voice, and quick to respond. Yeah? Bless the Lord. So it matters what we hear. If we hear a report that God has blessed someone, we need to latch onto it because he is inclusive. Yeah? If he's blessed someone, you know, as I said at the beginning there was Psalm 78, we need to latch on to somebody else's testimony as if it were our own because, in fact, it actually is yours. As you embrace it and celebrate it, you will partake of it. Wow. You hear me say that over and over and over again. Yeah? Yeah, yeah? I want to see the roof lift off this place every time someone gets healed. At the moment we're, what is that? What is that? Amen? What is that? It's a lack of sensitivity, yeah, to what God is doing in our midst. Amen? It's actually a spirit of unbelief, yeah? Because we can, you know, miracles never cause belief. They never cause faith. If you look through the word, you see that it actually caused amazement. But if people were desperate enough, they'd go looking for him because they needed a miracle. Amen? Glory to God. We can go there another day. Oh. But we, if we see God move in some, if we hear a report, and this is what they've done, they've latched onto it. They've heard something because he's inclusive. They were in an impossible situation. But we remember in Mark 9, 23, because he is inclusive, nobody is excluded from a miracle. None of us. Bless the Lord. Mark 9, 23. King James Version said, Jesus said unto them, if thou canst believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. This is Jesus speaking. All things are possible. Amen? Amen. He's a master at turning impossibilities into realities, you know, into possibilities. If we can just believe that. They were in an impossible situation. They were not willing to pass their opportunity. They saw him coming. They were, were not willing to pass up that opportunity. So they called out from afar. They called out from afar. Hallelujah. They called out for mercy. You know, healing is a flow of mercy. Another flow of mercy is deliverance. Another flow of mercy is salvation. Another flow of mercy is supply. Yeah? 
when you think of anything um, that they that what they needed to actually um, fulfill their need, it was mercy. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. And we need them every morning. Amen. I want to encourage you today to believe for God's mercy. Yeah. Turn with, if we go to Lamentations. You know, if we if we believe that his mercies are new every morning, it actually means that that we will never run out of a daily supply of mercy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When if we believe that his mercy is new every morning, we'll never run out of a daily supply of mercy. A daily mercy. And we'll be mindful of God working, pouring his mercy over our children. Yeah, it's part of that supply. The mercy of God working over our unsaved loved ones. The mercy of God containing everything that anybody needs. It's the mercy of God. Sort of covers the whole lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Lamentations verse uh, chapter 3, verse 22 Amplified, I'm reading out of, it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed. Do you know, I believe it's a, the, the, it's because of the, the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we even us are not consumed. And the Holy Spirit showed me one day time back. He said, he said that um, people experience more of my, my grace and I would put mercy in that same position um, that then they realized because they were never ever he said when I created man I never created man to experience any sort of loss whatsoever so we're not physically or emotionally built by God or created by God to experience death of any kind loss of any kind amen, amen? torment of it heartache amen. of any kind emotional abuse of any kind we weren't created he said the world, the world experienced more of my grace and I'm bringing mercy into that context. Why? Because he just prompted me with that when I read that scripture, that, that it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed. Consumed by our own grief. Consumed by torment. Consumed by lack or loss or, or death or, you know, like it, it's that it doesn't actually consume us. Yeah? It's because of his mercy and loving kindness. Because his tender compassion fail not. You know, when you hear scriptures like this and you begin to meditate on them, don't look at your experience of thinking, well, people, I haven't experienced that. Look at that as becoming your now truth. You're now reality. Amen? Make it your own. And as you make it your own, as you meditate on it, it will become your experience. Amen? And some say, well, stuff will happen. Yes, because we live in a fallen world. But you can actually live a life feeling totally consumed by his mercy and loving kindness. Amen? And when you do, you begin to see so much more of how you are blessed. Yeah. 
and what he has done for you. Amen? Glory to God. So he's, he's, because his tender compassion fail not, they are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and faithfulness. Hallelujah. So there is healing mercy available to us every day. And all we have to do is receive it. Believe it and receive it. He made the flow of mercy available to everyone. And he was making it available to people who were considered outcasts. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, can you imagine how he tampered radically with their traditions and their religion? You know, messed them up completely. Their life was totally founded on it, you know. That's the way they controlled people. Yeah. That, that's the, by the law, through the law. Yeah. He made the flow of mercy available to everyone. The mercy of healing is available every day. So what are we going to do about it? We're going to be, we're going to believe it and we are going to receive it. How do we receive it? With our words. Lord, your mercy is new every morning. Amen. There's an abundant flow of mercy being poured out upon my children right now. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. You know, if you've got a wayward child, just to start to declare over them the mercy of the Lord is chasing them, the loving kindness of God is just chasing them down right now. Amen. There's a flow of mercy being poured out in their lives because he has made the flow of mercy available to everybody. The mercy of healing is available every day. Bless the Lord. Believe it and I receive it with my words. Say it. Say it. Why don't we say right now, I believe in the mercy of God and I receive his mercy right now, today, in Jesus' name. You see, the mercy of healing is flowing through your body right now. If you need the mercy, it's flowing through your body right now. Amen. You need healing, the mercy of God. is. You see, when we pray for people, we need to have mercy upon them. You know, Jesus had compassion on people and because of compassion... He moved. You know, it says, uh, Scripture says in the last days that the, the, the love of many will wax cold. Yeah? But he wants to tenderize the hearts of the church so we begin to have compassion upon people and not judgment upon them. Amen. That we flow in compassion and not judgment. Yeah. You see, you can have the church judging people for things yeah. and you can have the world judging people. But where to flow in compassion? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be moved. I don't know how much you cry lately. I don't seem to be able to stop crying. Every time I see someone, I start crying. Please don't show me someone's crying. I've spent all my life crying. What's going on with me? Well, I believe the Lord is tenderizing the heart of the church. That actually, you, it affects me when you're not doing well. I mean, you can say it affects me, and yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, so I care. But no, it needs, something needs to move on the inside of the church when we see people hurting. Something needs to move. Amen? I mean, something needs to affect us. But, you know, this is what's happening with all the social media and all the pictures and the hardness of the heart and the violence and all the stuff that people watch in films and stuff like that. It's a hardening of the heart that makes you insensitive when someone gets hurt. 
And we need to protect our heart because God wants to tenderize our heart. We shouldn't be able to watch that stuff without. I I can't stay in the same room. I'm sorry, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I just can't stand it. We need more people getting up out of movie theatres and walking out because things aren't... You know, we, we, need, we need to see that happen. Well, bad things happen, Kim. Yes, they do. And it moves me. Something's moving in me, you know. Like if I can do something about it, I can't do anything, something about it on the screen, but I can do something about it out there. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. That went off the track a little bit. Not really. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said to them. So he saw them and he said something. When God sees something, he says something. What does he say? He brings the answer. He gave them something to do. He gave them something to obey because he co-labors with us. He gives us something to obey. And at once, oh, glory to God, go at once and show yourselves to the priests. That's what he said. He saw them and he said, go at once and show yourself to the priest. Because your answer is in your response. Yet nothing had changed yet. They still had leprosy, but he said, go at once and show yourself to the priest. In other words, work with this mercy of mine. Amen. I'm going to give you something. When he sees your need, he's going to say something. He's going to give you something to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. How empowering is that? He says, I'm co-laboring with you. You're not just, you know, like we're together in this. I'll give you something to do. And what does he act on the word? Okay, so at this stage, they had no physical proof whatsoever that they were healed. When he said, go show yourselves to the priest, they knew what that meant. He was, they, they were, they, the priest declared them unclean. And he's, in going to the priest meant that he was going to have to declare them clean. But they were still unclean. Nothing had changed. But on hearing those words, they went. Amen. Because faith perceives as a fact what is not revealed to the senses. When you hear God speak, you hear him speak so that you will do something. Amen? So that you will do something. Let's pray for Gloria on Sunday morning. Gloria had, I don't know, there was three different things wrong with her knee. Um, Physical things wrong with, with her knee that the doctors had diagnosed. And when I prayed for her, I felt led of the Spirit to get her walking up and down here. I said, come with me and let's walk up and down here. And she walked up and down and up and down. And she said, I could, I wasn't, I, I came in limping and her knee was healed. But I said, come and work. She's sitting there. Come and walk with me. Now, I didn't do this. I want you to understand. I didn't say this because I had an instruction book. I felt the leading of the spirit to get her to get up and follow. Come with me. Amen. When you hear God say something, when he hears, 
When you hear, he's going to give you instruction. When he sees something, he will give you something to obey. This is what we are learning out of this story. Not only did he see him, but he gave them something to do. Isn't that awesome? So what did he do? The act on the word. He gave them something to obey. He empowered them with something to do. Glory to God. When we act on what he says, power is manifest in our lives. They were going back into society. It was a bold move. It was a very bold move because things hadn't changed yet. They didn't wait to see that the leprosy was gone before they obeyed. They obeyed him immediately. Then wait to see if things had changed. They obeyed him immediately. You see, we can miss a move of God. We can miss a miracle by waiting until we see proof before we move. Have you heard testimonies of people actually who haven't had, I heard one the other day with people waiting for a visa and, and, and to travel and they still didn't have it on the way to the airport, but they had the book that they had. But when they, when they got to the airport, the visa was cleared. How many of us would do that? Yeah? You see, we miss experiencing miracles because we wait to see if something shifted before we obey. But so often it doesn't shift because we haven't obeyed. God gives us keys to victory. So don't wait. Keep moving and you will run into your promise. Keep moving. Yeah? It's a miracle to hear God speak. It's a miracle to have faith in your heart for something that you know is absolutely impossible without God. Yeah? Praise the Lord. Faith believes it has already what it desires and what it's asked for. Healing came as they obeyed. It came as they obeyed. Isn't that awesome? As they obeyed, it came. Like Gloria, as she walked. She's looking at me like... I'm looking forward to speaking to her about the actual diagnosis. Verse 15. Then one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognising and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. And he was a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't in covenant with God. He wasn't in covenant with God. He was an outcast. Amen. He was a stranger to the promises of God. They weren't his inheritance. Amen. Jesus has made healing available to everyone. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> and Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien? You see, thanksgiving, I believe... Uh, well, we'll go into that in a minute, but, but, but he realised the importance of thanks. This, obviously, this one realised the importance of thanksgiving. He was moved. Jesus had moved and he was moved. 
You know, how many cannot be moved when God has moved? As I said earlier, like. Because immediately through the head is going, oh, I wonder if it was really that or wonder, you know, like, I'm, oh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. It must be. Unbelief is going, you can see a miracle and not believe. You can see a miracle and not, oh, was it really that? You know, was it really that? Oh, I don't know. You know, and question and doubt. But he was celebrating. Amen. He celebrated. He gave thanks. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe Jesus wouldn't have questioned why they never came back if that was the case. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. so obviously, you know, like he, he, was, he, he knew what was going on and he knew what wasn't going on or otherwise he wouldn't have said, where are they? He never gave them an, an excuse not to come back and thank him. He said, where are they? They should be here too. No? So verse 19, and he said to them, get up and go your way. Your faith, your trust and confidence that spring from your belief in God has restored you to health. Now, he, say, he said to him, get up and go your way now, right? Your faith. Now, how, what was the expression of faith that was seen? His worship. Jesus was seeing worship as faith. Jesus was seeing the worship, you're worshipping me. I can see that your faith is in me. Your trust is in me. I, I believe that worship is the highest form of faith. And I believe many of us can actually worship ourselves into breakthrough. Amen. But what happens is we wait until we see something happen before we worship God. Rather than the quickening of the spirit when we read the promise going off on the inside of us. And Jesus said, I'm looking for those that are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. In other words, when they hear the truth, their spirit engages. There's an amen. There's a celebration on the inside of us that needs to break loose for the unseen reality of the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. But we drink it down. Why? Often one of the reasons I believe we can drink down Thanksgiving is we're concerned that we might, we, we might get too excited about it. You know, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up because, you know, it, it might come back tomorrow. Or maybe it's not a complete healing. Or maybe just, you're just caught up in this excitement of it. Don't get your hopes up. That's the enemy speaking to dull down your praise to restrict your breakthrough. Amen. 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 Or you might be disappointed and you know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. God is not a disappointment. Amen. Amen. The word says the righteous shall never be put disappointed. They will not be put to shame. I'm not a disappointment to them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're free to celebrate. When we hear that word, when we hear that, de when we get prayer, we're free, you know, instantly celebrate. Compassion of God, the mercy of God is flowing. I'm going to celebrate because I just received the mercy of God. Amen. Glory to God. Maybe on the way, because they never had the manifestation, they weren't praising God. Maybe it hadn't hit them yet. They had a few more steps. Yeah. 
Who knows? Thank you, Father. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? In other words, they all received the same portion that you did. Where are the nine? But what we do know is that God, his faith in God or his belief in God has restored you to health. That's what he said. Okay. Um, in uh, the King James Version, the New King James Version, that uh, verse 19 is, and he said unto them, arise to him, arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Now that word whole was nothing missing, nothing broken. So there was more for him because he came back. And the more for him was restored body parts. Wholeness. He wasn't only healed, he was made whole. So you can be healed of leprosy after your fingers have been eaten off and everything else. The leprosy can be dealt with. But he was made whole, restored back wow. to complete health. And I believe the wholeness too was his wife had him back as well. Everything restored, relationships restored, everything because he went back and God hasn't finished with you. God hasn't finished with you. You know, if you can just get rid of this, Lord, will I'll be grateful. No, he hasn't finished with you. And as you continue to celebrate and worship him as an expression of your faith, there's more that is released and more is given to those who hear. More. Amen. He's not finished. Bless the Lord. That's what he was saying. It's not finished. Your faith has made thee whole. His worship was seen as his faith. Your worship will make you whole. If you don't know what else to do, worship God and give him thanks for what you're hearing. Thanks for what you're seeing happening in other people's lives. Amen. No, what about me? It's not happening in my life. Well, that's not ha that happened to them, but what about me? You know? That song. What about me? It isn't fair. I've done my best and I want my share. Can't you see? I want to live. Yeah? Yeah? He saw. And he gave them instruction to obey. Amen. He saw and he spoke. He said something. He responded. He responded with the answer. God will always respond with the answer. But the question is, will we obey? Will it seem too insignificant what he's asked us to do? Will it seem too hard? Yeah? Is it too hard? On your own it might be, but nothing's impossible to him who believes. And if you believe, you'll act. Amen. Philippians 4.19, I think it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Through Christ. What is that? Christ, the anointed and his anointing. I can do all things through the anointed and his anointing. Amen? Amen. The four nineteen or three nineteen? Might be three nineteen. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. So 
whole. Let's go back there to verse 19. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. See, there was a cooperation. He needs cooperation. Yeah? We can't just sit back and say, well, the Lord, if it's the Lord's will, he'll do it. Because he's working with us. Remember in Mark 16, we saw that on Sunday, the, and, and, and the Lord work, was working with them, confirming the message with signs following. The Lord was working with them. Amen? There's no separate. The Lord is working with us, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. You've given me your word. I'm obeying your word. I'm speaking your word. And you are working with me, confirming your word with the appropriate signs. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Who is the pressure on to perform the signs? The Lord. We come up with ours. He comes up with his part. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Why was he disappointed when the others didn't return? Because he always has more and he had more for them too. Yeah? It can be like people can come to church and you know, just have an awesome time and go out saying, that was amazing and we worshipped God and it was fantastic and oh, shuck up one day. Awesome. Great. And you don't see him again. Well, you might see him in three weeks' time when they come back to church in three weeks because maybe they didn't have anything scheduled that Sunday. Sorry, just truth. Wonder what might have happened if they came back the next week and the next week and the next week. The next week and the next week and the next week and the next week, expecting more, 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 more. Wonder what might have happened in their life. Oh, but I can't, I'll just live on that. Just live on. You know, the word says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints, and it's becoming a custom with many people. Why? Because I've got more for you. I've got more for you. I've got more for you, and I long to give you more. Amen? And when you make a demand on the more, you'll get more. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why was he disappointed? Because he had more. Why was he disappointed that they didn't return? Because he had more. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. When we do what they did, we can have what they had. And what he was saying about the nine was, if you had done what he did, you could have had what he had. He was made whole. You were healed, but he was made whole. I said, you were healed, but he was made whole. Amen? Come on. He was made whole. Our health is important to him. 
The condition for receiving is to believe. Bless the Lord. The condition for receiving is to believe. You can believe. You know you can believe what you can't figure out. You can actually believe what you can't figure out. Amen. You can believe what, I mean, you can. You actually do believe what you can't figure out. Amen. You tell me how Mary conceived when she was a virgin. Tell me how you figure that one out. Now, you believe that. Your whole salvation is, 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 on, is, is staked on that, that belief. People say, oh, I can't believe in miracles. Mate, you got entrance through believing a miracle. You got entrance in, you got born again through believing a miracle. I don't know, if you got a greater miracle that you could believe of where someone falls pregnant without having known a man? And you think you haven't got the capacity to believe for a miracle? Okay. You can believe anything if you can believe that. Someone say, I believe in miracles. You've got no idea how much of the body of Christ don't believe in miracles. But yet they call themselves a Christian. And they are Christians. But they don't remember the miracle they believe to have entrance into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Come on. There's only, there's only glory to glory to go with that one. Thank you, Father. So the condition for receiving is to believe. You can believe for what you cannot figure out. Jesus called worship faith in this story. That's what he called it, faith. Amen. Worship is the highest form of faith. And if we do our part, he will do his. Amen. When you look at the fact that this man did not was not even in covenant with God. As I said earlier, he was an alien to the promises of God. Jesus is the example in this, one of the, the greatest examples in this, is that we see his willingness to have mercy on everybody, regardless. His willingness to go in places where we would fear to tread. Yeah? He was disobeying the law of the land, the religious law, to go for a greater cause to find the lost and to pour his mercy on those who did not deserve it. Yeah? Whew. Yeah, awesome. Praise God. Finished a bit early. That's cool. Praise the Lord. I felt like I've been speaking for quite a while. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. You come, Jesus, you come and you saved us and delivered us from judgment. Your mercy, your mercy is flowing, Lord, even right now. Your mercy is flowing. It has access because we give you access. We give you access, Lord God.
to pour out your mercy in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones, the lives of our children, Father. Thank you, Father, that you are gathering us to, together to yourself with your mercy. Thank you, Lord, your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord. It's so wonderful to know that we have a rich supply of mercy every day. Every day. Hallelujah. The mercy of healing, the mercy of deliverance, the mercy of salvation, the mercy of provision. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Restoring our lives, Father, with your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we open our hearts to you and we give you access into the places that we thought you couldn't even go. <laughs> oh, Lord, we know there's nowhere that you won't go. There's no border that you will not cross you, that you are in the midst of us, that you go right through the middle of it, Father God, of every circumstance, Father, every circumstance, Father. You're not around the outside of it looking in, but you are. You see and you send your word to heal and you send your word to deliver, Father. Oh, glory, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, invading every cell of our body with mercy, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mercy's flowing like a river. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Restoring our souls, Lord. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't exempt yourself. Don't exempt yourself. You know, we can do that without even thinking about it. Oh, well, I'm exempt to that. I'm exempt to that. That's impossible. Yeah. We receive on behalf. I just sense somebody's here thinking, but what about my child? I think of a daughter. I don't know, but uh, no, nothing could could help her like she won't listen but you know you can exempt yourself from the promise of mercy flowing from generation to generation as we saw in psalm 78 by stopping and rejecting the mercy that's available to you today because it's unto you and your children so you receive it on their behalf so you can sit there and you can feel down you can think oh well it won't happen with mine my children are out there and how can he you know you receive the mercy of God you receive it for them and their and theirs amen, amen. hallelujah hallelujah amen they aren't here to hear but you are here and you are here to hear and receive amen not reject because you see your circumstances greater than others amen Glory to God. His mercies are new every morning. They're flowing They're through your children's lives, through your children's children's lives. Amen. Already we saw that in Psalm. Why don't we just go back, Ben, as we can tack back a bit here to where we started. That's a good place to finish where we started. Glory. Oh, Lord. Oh, yes.
No, 78, 78, Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable and instruction by numerous examples. I will utter dark sayings of old that hide important truth, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generations to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and his wonderful works as he has performed. For he will establish a testimony to express precept in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel commanding our fathers that they should make the great facts of God's dealings with Israel known to their children, that the generation to come might know them that the children still to be born might arise and recount them to their children. So even the ones still to be born, who's got to get a hold of it first? The one, us. So that the children that are still to be born, so that your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, amen? Ah, oh, hallelujah. So it'll be made known to them. So, amen. So if you hear, guess what? And you give the testimony, they'll hear. They'll hear. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. See, we're talking about spirit. We're talking about the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. The supernatural. You cannot receive the supernatural by looking through carnal mind. Looking at the carnal realm. The carnal realm is, is subject to the spiritual. 